right at the top of my notes, there's just one and it's all in bold with a heart next to it. Which you <laughs> typed that during the movie and showed it to me because we had already discussed that we were going to get Pad Thai after the movie. And so if that is any indication of where we were at <laughs> during that process, our headspace during the movie was Pad Thai heart. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Ride Home Podcast. My name is Abby. Hey, guys, it's Caitlin. I can hear the wind whistling through your body right now. (laughs) (laughs) I can feel the wind whistling through my body. We got so lucky that we decided to postpone this podcast until Monday morning because Caitlin just decided to have a (laughs) random infected cyst on the side of her thigh. Turns out... (laughs) You get one of those removed, they don't close it. Apparently, it turns out you just get a whole chunk taken out of your body and they just leave it open. <laughs> it looks like she has a musket wound, like a literal, like <laughs> somebody shot a pellet <laughs> and they dug it out. You're like yeah. a Civil War veteran. I right feel now. like one, honestly. Post procedure, <laughs> this movie was actually our first outing into the world. Yes. How'd you do? Not good. Not great. And let me tell you why. <laughs> a couple of reasons. Yeah. First reason, I had a very hard time getting comfortable in the uh-huh. movie theater seat because yeah. the wound is on the outside of my thigh. Basically, when we're on talking my- wound, guys, we mean like it's like a wound. <laughs> like it's, it's a wound. It's a three centimeter wide by three centimeter <laughs> deep hole. Just a chunk Just taken a chunk. out of my, the side of my leg that my dorsal. Yeah. <laughs> my dorsal side, my dorsal mm-hmm. panel, if you will. Right. Um, so that was the first part. Uh-huh. I was already not comfortable as soon as we sat down. Then you then, ordered an icy and they said they didn't have it. And then you saw a girl with that a same A little icy. girl had an icy and I was pissed. You were so mad. I thought you were going to like go back and I almost have said, words. I almost said, why did that girl get a Pepsi icy and I didn't? <laughs> I was almost that girl, but my leg hurt too bad to be hobbling around asking for it. So I just got the start, a.k.a. Sierra Mist. (laughs) Anyways, then I was already not comfortable. About 30 minutes into the movie, you pull out your phone. You look something up. Uh You look at me. You were dreading what you were about to tell me. Uh Uh-huh. But I felt like I had to. And I was like, what is she about to tell me right now? What did she just see on her phone? What horrible news could be (laughs) happening right now? And then you look at me and say, this movie is three hours long. (laughs) And we both just looked at each other like wide eyed, like, oh, oh, no. no. How was your starry? My starry was fine. <laughs> like how the guy was like, it's just Sierra Mist, by the way. Okay. And you were like, I know, but I'm fucking ordering starry. It says starry on the thing. So I'm not going to be like, can I get the Sprite? Like, yeah. <laughs> just being a dick. Can I have the Sierra Mist? <laughs> I was like, I'm going to speak English in America. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'll go ahead and get the small starry, I guess. And he's like, it's just Sierra Mist. I was like, okay, well, <laughs> well that's what I'm getting. We know. I guess maybe like enough people have complained about Starry probably. or asked about Starry. Yeah. What's Starry? What's this new little bed? Yeah. And I probably said it in a way like you said it in a way that you were just angry that you had to say those words. You were like, I guess I'll take a Starry. 
I didn't want to say it because well, well, also like you wanted the icy so I really bad. Wanted icy. So you were pissed about the name. You're pissed about the icy. <laughs> you were in pain. My leg was falling off. Your leg like. was falling off. But needless to say, I think going into this movie, which is Bo is Afraid, mm-hmm. we are both big fans of Hereditary and Midsummer, which are uh-huh. Ari Aster's two bigger films that he preceded this one with. Yes. They are true horror. Mm-hmm. Um, everything about it. I mean, they're a little like elevated horror for sure, but yeah. they're true horror. This movie is a little genreless. I mean, yeah. It's disturbing. Sure. But I wouldn't necessarily label it a horror by any no. means. The only thing I can compare it to in terms of like what to expect tone-wise and genre-wise mm-hmm. is Clockwork Orange Requiem for a Dream yes. where it's like disturbing content but there's no jump scares. There's right. no ghosts, there's no demons. You know that kind of a yeah. thing. So it's like the genre is just disturbed. Just if weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so needless to say, I was very excited about this movie because not only was it directed and written by somebody who has two films that I absolutely adore, mm-hmm. um, but the cast was really strong also. The cast was very strong. Would you like to give us a little synopsis and yeah. cast list? Let's do it. As you've already mentioned, this is written and directed by Ari Aster. Mm-hmm. Here's our synopsis. A paranoid man embarks on an epic odyssey to get home to his mother in this bold and ingeniously depraved new film from writer-director Ari Aster. And this film stars Joaquin Phoenix, mm-hmm. Nathan Lane, Stephen Henderson, Patti LuPone, Jeez. Amy Ryan, mm-hmm. and Parker Posey. What a what a little list. What a little crew. What a what a little <laughs> cast and crew. I know. <laughs> I don't know why, but like I didn't really look into the cast list much. I knew obviously Joaquin Phoenix was in sure. it. And I knew Holly Flax was in it. Holly AKA Flax. <laughs> Amy Ryan. Yes. Um as the movie went. Every time a character was introduced, I was like, holy shit, like they got that person to be I in this I know. <laughs> so that being said, we have a director we love, mm-hmm. a cast that we love. I think we love all those people. Yeah. What are your thoughts and feelings on Bo is Afraid? Well, this is a movie that I did not love. <laughs> <laughs> Just went right in. Yeah. Yeah. Love the director, love the cast, did not love this movie. No. Starting with Mm -hmm. the fact that it was three hours long. Yeah. This movie could have been hour 45. Easy. Easy. Very much could have been an hour and 45. There were so many times throughout the movie that I was like, well, I would have cut that scene. Yes. cut that scene. So like large chunks of this movie did not need to happen. Right. And it's hard because I would say the first... I guess the first act Mm -hmm. I really liked. Yeah. I thought this movie had a very strong start and Mm -hmm. I liked where it was going. And after that, it just rapidly declined in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So not a fan. (laughs) Not a fan. Three hours of my life. I will never get back. You know, and I think knowing that you were like in pain and sitting there like throughout (laughs) the whole thing, like obviously there might be like a slight bias that you were like uncomfortable the whole time. Um, Again, love Ari Aster. And I think that there were some highlights of this movie. Cinematography, number one. Sure. It was filled to the brim with just gorgeously composed shots. Mm -hmm. And I mean gorgeous. Like some of the 
lighting. The color was really beautiful, just portrait-like. Mm-hmm. I thought the sound design was really strong. I also think the music was not something that I would listen to like on Spotify <laughs> by any means. Right. But I thought the music really put you in the scene and held your attention yeah. there and created a lot of drama and tension and tone. Mm-hmm. And the acting, I thought, was mostly good. I thought there were some real standouts. Number one is Patti Lapone. I thought she was absolutely fantastic in it. She ate zero crumbs. Not a single crumb. I was so impressed by her and also the actress that played the younger version of her character, who was fine as hell, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> Bo's, Bo's younger mom could get it. <laughs> you literally in the middle of the movie like leaned over to me and was just like, Bo's mom's kind of hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know she is. Um, All that being said, mm-hmm. this is the worst movie I've seen in so many years. Whoa. There's a phrase, I forget what it is, <laughs> but it's something about like polishing shit to make it look like a pearl or something like that. Okay. No, <laughs> I'm not. I'm Is not familiar with this phrase. I'm gonna Google polishing shit to make it look like a pearl and see what comes up. <laughs> Maybe I'm making this to up. Make it look like a pearl. I'm. I want to know this. I want to start like saying this. this is phrase. a saying. What is the saying about polishing a turd? Polishing a turd. Yeah, you can't polish a turd. That the meaning is uh-huh. something inherently bad cannot be improved. Yeah. I know for a fact that in my experience as an editor, there are sometimes that the content that you receive, no matter how well it's shot, no matter how technically beautiful they mm-hmm. make it, there's just some content that's bad. Mm-hmm. Ari Aster certainly was like swinging for the fences on this one like mm-hmm. he really put everything into this movie and I can appreciate in some way original content I always feel sure. like I'm like a champion of like good for you for making original content and I'm sure that there are people out there that are going to really love this movie mm-hmm. as somebody who identifies with a lot of the issues discussed in this movie mm-hmm. I felt like I was going to connect with it, but it went so absurdist that it lost all of the meaning Mm -hmm. and it just spiraled into this like incoherent mess of a consistent series of symbolism. Yeah. It was never grounded at Mm -hmm. any moment. And again, there were so many really insanely positive technical Mm -hmm. aspects to this movie and... I genuinely thought that most of the acting was incredible, but I'm just yeah. going to say this. This was one of my least favorite Joaquin Phoenix roles I've ever seen him in. Yeah. You know, I really love Joaquin Phoenix. Love him. We like, both do. I have loved Joaquin Phoenix for a very long time. He's incredibly talented. He's a wonderful actor. Which you know it's a direction. If, you if f- someone like that gives a performance like this. He was stifled. Yeah. That's what I want to say about his performance. He wanted to do this performance the right way. Mm-hmm. I just have to believe that. <laughs> you can because, it in your heart. Yeah. Because it's just rare that you see Joaquin Phoenix not do a good job. Yeah. You know, and this was something that I just feel like because this movie was so specific, because Ari Aster is a bit of a specific person. This is just something like you said, I feel like he had some very good concepts 
Mm-hmm. And he just let himself take it too far. Yeah, I agree. And I think what he did with Bo as a character with Joaquin Phoenix is it felt like a very surface level mm-hmm. dis- like depiction of a man with severe mental illness. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, here's this guy going through this incredibly acid trip level journey basically where just Mm -hmm. nothing was real in the entire thing instead of finding like your grounding with your character and making all of the things around them absurdist but Mm -hmm. keeping your character true Mm -hmm. Joaquin Phoenix spent the entire movie I'm not joking the entire movie just going (laughs) oh 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 and going I'm sorry I'm sorry sorry. oh his whole performance was that yeah and I (laughs) You're laughing because it's true. It is. I'm laughing because it's true. And I think I agree with you that the first hour where it kind of represented a person with extreme anxiety who is an an agoraphobe, Mm -hmm. where his whole world, so his whole city around him is absurdist, but it's the representation of the fears of what could happen if you go outside sure if you have anxiety yeah and i feel like the reason why i didn't struggle with that part too is because it's like iterations of like actual things that happen right in the world yeah so it's like your fears come to life right basically is what that part was right so without like spoilers this is just a, a small part of the movie but like in this first hour where we get to know Bo, where he lives and all of that mm-hmm. we see this just complete ridiculous representation of a city that he lives in where there's literally just like a dead body rotting in the street. <laughs> but there's like a, a, a thing about there's a, a man going around stabbing people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that people with extreme anxiety and especially like agoraphobia struggle with is mm-hmm. like feeling like the second they leave the house, they're probably going to be in a mass shooting. They're in danger. They're going to yeah. be mugged. And that was represented really well. Really well. And I liked where they were going mm-hmm. with it. And then it was like the second he left his city and his house, yep. it just went south. <sighs> the whole second act, which was his experience with Nathan Lane and Amy Ryan's character, mm-hmm. was one of the worst hours of a film I've ever watched. <laughs> Honestly, though. Ever. It was excruciating. Caitlin, I literally thought to myself in the movie, I would rather be watching Where the Crawdad Sings right now. <gasps> okay. <laughs> it was that serious. That's serious. <laughs> That's very serious. I think for me, it felt like it was being absurdist for the sake of being absurdist. It felt like it was being symbolic for the sake of being symbolic. Yeah. And it almost put me back to being 15 years old in an English class, ha- having my English teacher tell me to break down this poem from 1700 and analyze every single phrase in the poem and Mm -hmm. why it means this and what do the flowers symbolize what do the this symbolize and i know that there's going to be an audience for this film it really is an exercise in analysis while you're Mm -hmm. watching a movie and if you're not willing or open to sit there and analyze an entire three-hour movie don't even step foot into a theater. No. Don't even put this movie on Mm-mm. because you're going to be upset. However, do you want to know something interesting to to that point? Yeah. The people in the theater with us were none of the people that I would expect to be seeing no. this movie. Oh, yeah. And like they kind of seemed like they liked it. Um, no? I don't think so. Okay. I think they were doing what I was doing, which was laughing at how bad it was. Okay. 
because they were laughing at the same points that I was like chuckling and I wasn't chuckling okay. because I thought it was good. I was chuckling okay. because I was like, wow, this is really, really bad. Okay. I did hear a person at one point, like it was the man in front of us, uh-huh. <laughs> him and his, he and his wife were seeing this together. And I did hear him at one point, like laugh when you were laughing Mm -hmm. and i just heard him go jesus christ yeah and i think (laughs) that man said what we were all All thinking thinking and feeling like really and truly like there was a point in this movie where i was like i actually want to stop watching this. yeah 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 and i know the exact point what was really frustrating was the experience of watching something so beautiful Mm -hmm. while it was being so bad yeah. And this is a very controversial opinion, personally. Like I love controversial you opinions. You love controversial opinions. Tell us now. <laughs> you know this opinion. Okay. I hate Wes Anderson. Hate him. I knew he was going to come up. I knew I knew we were going there. Go hate ahead. Hate him. I understand. He is also in my list of people who create really beautiful things mm-hmm. that I think truly to their core are absolute garbage. Shots I'm, fired. There might be some people who like stop listening to the podcast <laughs> because I say that. <laughs> I do not appreciate when writers and directors are so obsessed with themselves mm-hmm. that they completely lose the fact that they are making content for other people to enjoy. <laughs> So basically you're saying you think Wes Anderson makes movies for himself. Wes Anderson makes movies for Wes Anderson. James Cameron makes movies for James Cameron. Oh, no. Okay. The James Cameron, I will agree (laughs) with. Let me just go on record as saying that I do not hate Wes Anderson. Right. Um, Continue. Yeah. (laughs) I think that this movie, unfortunately, was Ari Aster making a movie for Ari Aster. Yeah. And why Hereditary and Midsummer were so successful is that he was making horror which horror in and of itself if it's a good horror movie mm-hmm. the entire the entire reason a horror movie succeeds is because it puts the audience experience first yeah you cannot make a good horror movie without thinking of the audience because you have to understand the tone mm-hmm. the pacing what actually will scare people mm-hmm. what will make people feel that sense of like doom and gloom and like oh my god what's gonna happen right and understanding that and building a horror movie you have to be an expert at the audience experience Mm -hmm. and this movie truly felt like he was just like fuck the audience i I want to make what i want i was gonna say this (laughs) felt honestly like a fuck you to us this felt like I actually don't give a shit if you like this or not. Yeah. This is what I want to make. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I there were several moments, honestly, where I almost said to you, can we just leave? Yeah. I was just thinking about Pad Thai. I was really and truly just thinking about Pad Thai and how much my leg hurt. And I just... <laughs> It was not worth sitting around for three hours to mm-hmm. watch. I know I've talked about this before in our you know in multiple episodes of our podcast is that there are movies and there are films sure and certainly some films you have more of a license to experiment more of a license to do things that aren't generic to to make something that is creative and original and then you think of films that are like tar where it was certainly told in a way that most movies are not paced are not shot are not told the script was a little different than how normal people talk right and yet i loved it and so there are these films quote unquote where it just feels like the person 
is going to the extreme just to push the envelope. Just to do it. Just mm-hmm. to do it. And we can talk in the spoiler section, like the big moment where I almost just stood up and walked out. Okay. But overall, I think we just need to lay our popcorn scores out there. Let's do the popcorn scores. What's your popcorn rating? I'm struggling to even give it a small. Yeah. But since that's our rating scale, I have to. <laughs> like, there's nothing below a small. You can not rate it. You can give it an, a nothing. The first act was like a medium. The rest of the movie does not get a popcorn score for yeah. me. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nope for me. It's, a, it's like a kernel that hasn't been popped. Yeah. A singular kernel that hasn't been popped. I agree with you. I will give the first act. Honestly, like, I loved the first act. I was going to say, I would even teeter towards a large I would on give the first it a large. Act. I'm going to do it this way. First act is a large. Mm -hmm. Second act is not a popcorn. (laughs) Zero popcorn. Mm -hmm. And I would say the third act, the last 20 minutes, I'll give a medium. There were some really strong points in the third act. There were parts of the third act that I really loved. Patty Lapone, especially. And Parker Posey. Yeah, and Parker Posey. But Ari, please go back to just making horror. Just do do (laughs) something else. Because this was not it. But we did have Pat Thai, though. We did have Pat Thai. (laughs) Welcome back to the spoiler section where we will talk openly and freely. So if you plan on seeing this movie, we wouldn't recommend it, first of all. (laughs) If you plan on seeing this movie, just go ahead and don't. We'll just tell you the rest. Yeah. Just listen to it and don't see this movie. That being said, we're going to talk about things that happen in this movie freely and openly. So if you plan on seeing it, uh, you turn this off and join us at another time. Okay. I am going to say, first and foremost, that Ari Aster either <laughs> came from a loving upper middle class to very wealthy family where they all loved each other and he had no problems and zero trauma. Mm-hmm. Or Ari Aster's entire family has to be arrested, starting with his mother. <laughs> There's no in between. There's no in between at Either all. Either he has never lived a single hardship in his life, mm-hmm. or he needs to be institutionalized. Because yeah. this movie was so fucked yeah. in every way, shape, or form. And the moment I almost stood up and left mm-hmm. was the penis monster in the attic. Yeah. There was a penis monster in an attic. This was an enormous, like, floor-to-ceiling yep. sized penis. Made out of, like, styrofoam. It looked like one of those old 80s, like... Yeah. Kind of like looked, Jabba the Hut material. Yes. Uh-huh. Similar. Mm-hmm. With enormous testicles. There was this whole running joke about his testicles. I think... Okay, so was the joke that he had never had sex because he was afraid to? Like, he had never, like, had an orgasm? So his... So balls his balls so were big. full. Ari is depraved. Yeah. Well, we kind of already knew that. Also, you know what it kind of gave me? What? It gave me, is Ari an incel? Okay. Energy. Yeah. I you think know? Ari has some very bad mommy issues, and I think that he might be an incel. Yeah. There was something going on there that I was like, he's really obsessed with these testicles. Mm-hmm. And, and the mother, I don't know. Uh, Like I said, I'm telling you, either he is making these choices just to like push the boundaries and I'm going to be an artist and I'm going (laughs) to... A fartist. I'm a fartist. Or he is so fucked up that anybody making this movie with him should have been like, hey, Ari, like, can we talk? (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a minute? Actually, Ari, like... 
my guy. Yeah. <laughs> Just think though that there's a whole art department that had to make that penis monster. I don't. I guess it's not even a penis. Mo- it was like a t- the testicle monster. No, but there was a penis. But there was a penis too. There were several parts that I wanted to leave. The forest part. Yeah, when he came across a traveling forest oh. cult with little Shakespearean playwrights. Hated that whole thing. I hated the whole play. I hated the animation part. I hated the penis monster. Why do I feel like Ari Aster like watched Station Eleven and was just like, oh my god, let me put a whole scene in there that's like I thought Station about, Eleven. Yeah, I thought about Station Eleven too. Which, by the way, Station Eleven is one of my favorite shows of all time and if you haven't seen it, please watch it. <laughs> I was gonna say, we love Station it's Eleven. It's a good version of a traveling Shakespearean yes. <laughs> play group. But I will say that we do just keep shitting on it. I just have to just say that the the number one positive thing was Patty Lapone. Yeah, for me, like she was the the height of that movie mm-hmm. was her performance as his mother. Mm-hmm. Just the storyline of a mother faking her own death just to get her son to visit her mm-hmm. was relatable, genius, and genius, and hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I think that was why I really struggled with that second act was because I felt like his experience with Nathan Lane and Amy Ryan's characters. That's my thing. What was the point of all of that? I didn't understand any of it. Like genuinely, what was the point of that part? He finally goes outside Mm -hmm. and he ends up getting attacked by the stabber guy that he was so afraid of. And hit by a car. And hit by a car. And he wakes up in this family's home. Mm-hmm. And it's this weird couple who are grieving the death of their son who died in military action mm-hmm. and simultaneously hate their daughter because yeah. I guess she's not their son. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but they were weird and creepy and mm-hmm. you didn't really understand why they were there, what their intentions mm-hmm. were. And they were nursing Ari. Or, Ari. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's a biopic. It's a biopic. <laughs> They were nursing Bo back to good health so that he could get home to his mother's funeral. Mm-hmm. I could not tell you at any point why he was there, what the purpose of their characters were, what the purpose of that experience was. Mm-hmm. I don't understand any of it. No. And I hate when a director makes me feel stupid. Like, I'm a little mad at him. Because, again, there's probably people out there who are like, yeah, it was such a genius um, expose on the American family and how (laughs) the role of the daughter is so much less than the son. And I know that there's going to be people out there that, like, find their own meaning in that. But to me, personally. To me, personally, it was bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) To me, personally, waste of my time. Could have been eating pad thai. Yeah. Hated it. But again, I'm going to say that the reveal of him finally getting to his mother's house mm-hmm. and learning that she, in fact, faked her own death yes. just to get her kid to visit her. I was a little triggered. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to be. You <laughs> literally were like, okay, now I'm triggered. I'm like, I was like, now I'm triggered. And I think what was so great about that last act was that everything was still on that same level of pushing the boundaries and Mm -hmm. all that but it made sense and it had a purpose Mm -hmm. and the acting was incredible like i'm telling you guys like patty lapone was insane in this movie Mm -hmm. she was so good that's the thing that's frustrating to me about this movie is that there like i said there were parts of this movie that were actually good to watch Mm mm-hmm 
the first act was a good movie to watch. Yeah. Patty Lapone was a great performance. Was to a watch. great performance to watch. Parker Posey. Parker was, Posey was also a good. Wait, performance. can we talk about oh them God. having? <laughs> <laughs> we both just flash back to the moment. We find out along this weird journey mm-hmm. that Bo has gone his whole life thinking that his father passed away from an orgasm. Uh huh. And his grandfather. And his grandfather. So he is afraid that he's go- he would pass away if he had mm-hmm. an orgasm. So he is reunited with his childhood love, <laughs> who is Parker Posey. They are about to have sex. <laughs> Parker Posey pulls up Spotify on her phone. Like unapologetically, it was Spotify, which I thought was so funny. Yeah. Plays Always Be My Baby by Mariah Carey. Yep. And they start having sex and she's like putting on the condom. She's like, wait, let's start it over. She starts the song over. She starts it over. <laughs> the fact that she, that he loses his virginity to, you'll always be a part of me. Yes. It was so, I mean, there were scenes in this movie that were genuinely funny. That's and that I mean. was one of them. And I think that was one of the biggest struggles I had was knowing whether or not I was laughing because I hated it or laughing because it was like an actual joke that like Ari wanted us to laugh at. And I thought thought those lines were blurred a couple of times because that whole scene of him losing his virginity was hilarious. It really was so funny. I could have done without seeing his balls. Yeah. There was this whole, again, this whole joke about his balls being big and yeah. i just hated every second of it right i understand the whole thing was that it seemed like his mother was basically convincing him mm-hmm. to like never leave her and so mm-hmm. if she could convince him that he can't have a wife and he can't have mm-hmm. you know a woman in his life there wasn't like a sexual thing between them but it was like she didn't want to lose him mm-hmm. and so she basically convinced him that if he had sex with somebody he was gonna he die. was gonna die which is just this like amazing extreme that <laughs> I, I mean man can we just as a group agree that all of our money going to this movie should just go to Ari's therapy bill yeah I think we can collectively agree to that because he needs to go to therapy and I hope his mother isn't alive because if she imagine <gasps> imagine Ari Aster's little mother like steps out into the red carpet on her cane it's like i'm gonna go see my boy's movie and she goes in and sits down (laughs) ari astor's only 36 so i'm not sure that his mom has he's only 36 yes we can't confirm that his parents so his mom is just like a boomer i feel like ari astor's mom is probably like hey what (laughs) do we need to talk but again i mean Maybe Ari Aster had a really great life that was just a beautiful relationship with a loving mother that never, you know, he I don't know. wanted to have he, a little imagination just, for, for a day. Listen, that's the thing about filmmaking here is, <laughs> you know, Steven Spielberg certainly never nursed a alien back to health, but he sure made a great movie about a little alien. He did. So again... Ari might be perfectly okay and he might have a great relationship with his mom but I'm assuming based on the content of this movie that we need to send him to therapy for a little Just while. Just for a little bit. There's things that need to be unpacked. Speaking of unpacking uh-huh. I really just need to say that even though this movie is not a horror movie mm-hmm. I think one of the most disturbing things personally <laughs> was finding out that his mother had access to his therapy sessions. The concept of like going to therapy 
and talking about the trauma that your parent put you through Mm -hmm. or the issues that you have or the struggles that you have or what have you and and the knowledge of them being able to listen to that dude that was more disturbing to me than anything that was more disturbing than the penis monster that was more disturbing than his giant balls or the missing head on the woman there's just so many things that weren't that were meant to be disturbing that didn't disturb me and just like the therapist just like walking out of the bathroom and just smiling yeah like i was just like what happened that was so weird how also did we get here ari my guy how did we go from the therapist physically being in the room with them to Bo choking his mother out with no intervention from the therapist yeah Basically, like, Bo finds out that he was, his therapy sessions were being recorded by this doctor and sent to the mother. And the mm-hmm. doctor is sitting there in the living room. Mm-hmm. And he blows up on his mother and eventually ends up choking her to death. Uh-huh. And the, the doctor doesn't get involved at all. No. Nope. We don't even see from him. We, we don't, don't hear from him. No. Nothing. He's nowhere to be found. Which, again, I know that there's this weird blur of, like, what's real and what's not. It's all an illusion. It's all an illusion. He's just, he has anxiety. And it's the he's manifest. Up it's the head. manifestation of his anxieties. <laughs> this is why. I'm sorry, Ari. <laughs> We're just being mean. He kind of asked for it. <laughs> Well, that does it for us. I I truly do apologize if somebody loves this movie. Like, I know I've read a couple of reviews from people that we follow on Instagram that they actually do really like this movie. And I'm glad you did. That's fine. Like, that's that's great. And, like, to each their own, there's going to be a market for for this film. But it was not us. I'm going to continue to see Ari Aster movies. And I'm going to hope that he shifts back into horror because Mm -hmm. I think he's an absolute genius. Mm Mm-hmm. In that genre, Sometimes in that department. sticking to what you know is what you should do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a case of that. And this is a case of that. Hopefully, next episode will be like a massive shift from this. I'm sure it will yeah. be. We aren't totally positive what the episode will be because we're kind of seeing where Caitlin's leg feels <laughs> if she wants to sit through another movie. But we will keep you guys posted on our Instagram. And until then, we hope you have a great week and weekend. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us on the ride home. Mm